In a world of podcasts about movies, sci-fi, TV, and podcasts about sci-fi, TV, and movies, two women chose to add their voices to the fray. Two sisters. One woman was willing to go to any length to explain away plot holes and bad pacing. I don't think, first of all, much like the entirety of this film, I don't think we're supposed to ask a lot of questions. The other, though, had no such sympathies. Oh, I hate it. I hate it. Together, they joined forces to highlight the good, the bad, and the truly bizarre. This is See You Next Week in Space. All right, so I actually know we've never discussed this as in any capacity. I feel like that's a first that you are sure that sure. (laughs) I am, because this is a very specific question as inspired by this film. Um, Now, neither you or I are women with children, are people with children. Correct. But if... I were someone who had a kid and I died. Mm-hmm. Would you There's a want reason we me? Haven't talked about this. <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, would you want me, like, would you want to take care of my child? Like, should I give that child to you? And, okay. and then similarly, like, vice versa, would you want to give your hypothetical child to me to raise if you died? Okay, well, first I have some, I just have, like, I just have a question. Because I've seen multiple movies, actually, where something like this happens, where a sibling dies and somebody, that the living sibling takes a child. Right. And in both the movies I'm thinking of, this one being one and another one being another, the living sibling isn't jazzed about it. No, doesn't no, doesn't no. seem like they were ever told that this was possibly could happen? <laughs> Question mark. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. here's what I'll say. What I would say is, if you had a child, and that was ever a question, I would really want you to talk to me about it before you died. <laughs> yes. And like, well, me sign off on it, and then I would be like, okay. And I get I it made that this choice, yeah. Yeah, and I get it that I, I think probably I'll go ahead and give the benefit of the doubt to the two people in the movies I'm referring to that maybe they did sign off on it and they just kind of assumed it would never happen. I think but, that's a definite. I think that's a definite. Yeah. That, and we can but talk I would be more. Really concerned because I am very afraid of death, and I like <laughs> know that death happens. So, I I would have pause. I'm not going to lie to you. Like, so we'll pretend that you're coming to me in a conversation pre your own death. Correct. And I would obviously feel bad being like no. If I was, like, the only family, I guess I'd have to say yes. Because what, am I going to, like, throw the kid on the send street? It, well, like, send them to foster care, I guess. Like, put oh, them into... Oh, I mean, that, I wouldn't do that. But, like, I mean, it would throw a monkey wrench in my life. Well, I mean, sure. I, yeah. And if, I mean, and if we're talking about, like, my life as it is in real life, 
I have not the funds for a child. So well, right, be, yeah. It would be problematic for me, um, but I guess I would do it. That's or or what I might say, although this is probably a weird choice too. But I would say like, could you ask mom first? <laughs> Indeed, like, but see, like this is but she's the, too old. Probably that's the problem. Like if you're raised by grandparents. Like, which is also a thing. This is a float that's floated in this movie briefly. Like, go to the grandparents of the other, like, to the parents of the other parent, Mm. right? Mm. Um, But yeah, those those are people who are old. And what I well, okay, wait, but that just reminded me. Then you're you have a partner, or you don't have a partner. I guess it that might depend. Let's yes, that certainly depends. But let's say this is in the context of I have a partner. We both die. So like in this movie, we both die. Our kid is left alone, and it's either to go to you, who is my first preference. That's who's been stated in the will. At least that's the vibe I got off this movie in particular. Yeah, is like. And because, and this is also informed by, I don't know if you ever knew this, but mom once told me that if she, this, and I guess this was when our parents were still married. So you would have been maybe too little. I mean, I was probably too little to know it, but, um, she told me that she at one time had this plan that was if both she and dad died, that we were meant to go to Kathy I feel like maybe I've heard something like that, but like, and I don't know if that was like written in a will or if that was more of an informal like agreement or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know that one of the logics why Kathy and not someone else was because Kathy already had kids. Yeah. And that makes sense. And like, Clearly, because I think that would also be like that's what I don't know what the second movie you're referring to is, but here I think that's part of the issue is that this is like someone who never planned on having kids. Correct, and the other movie I'm referencing, one. yeah, the other movie I'm movie I'm referencing, if anybody wants to watch it, <laughs> is called No Reservations, starring um, Catherine Zeta Jones, and she is also a single person who lives in New York and works at a busy restaurant and uh, it's kind, of, kind of a dick. And Oh, wait, know, is so this yeah, one of your crying movies like we were talking about earlier or is this like a, a rom-com? Um, it could be a little bit of both. It's not um, really that cry. It's not really that cryy, but it's got okay. some like dramatic elements like the death of a parent. Parent, yeah. <laughs> but, um... <laughs> Yeah, okay, so I would have trouble with this if you came to me. I would be very concerned about that not being really the direction I want in my life to go and also feeling ill-equipped for it, but I think I would have to just step up and do it. If you had a partner, I'd be curious if the other, if the partner's siblings would not be a better choice. If they Um, had siblings, which, again, it seems, like, we can talk about it, but it seems as though... If I was the last chance, I mean, if I was the last choice, maybe I'd want to be the last choice. (laughs) Like, like if there's there's literally no one else left. (laughs) Like, if there's truly no one else and, like, the next step is foster care, fine. I will do it. But That's pretty bleak, dude. (laughs) I, well, don't have any kids then. (laughs) 
Um, I'm not going to, but I'm glad now I know I really shouldn't because you're not yeah, going to be okay. there. <laughs> okay, well, okay. And, well, let's use, I said the question in the reverse, so what would you do if that same thing happened to me? Yeah, I mean, I I would struggle with it. And, I, I mean, I, I will say, like, in the context of the movie we're talking about today, I would like to think I would handle it better than what we see our protagonist do here. Um, but no, I mean, it would be a real challenge for me, but I think I'm comfortable saying like, I would be happy to not be like the choice before foster care. You can bump me up the list a little bit further than that. Just make me look bad. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I, but here, here's like truly, I don't. I think I'm ill-equipped, and it's not like I, I would just be worried for the child that I wouldn't be very good at it. I do think sure. I'd be a little bit more compassionate than what we see in this movie at times, but um, especially like in the beginning when like clearly the child is traumatized by their yeah. parents dying. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But, no, I mean. I think perhaps the reason, maybe the slight difference in our feelings about it is because I, and I shouldn't really feel this way, but I feel like nominally more financially secure probably. Um, And so that helps to feel okay. Um, Yeah, absolutely. I do think you're better equipped than myself. Like, I do think (laughs) overall... You're a better better person to, like, take in a child. Um, <laughs> well, thank you I, for that really lovely vote of confidence in me, yeah, Amy. no problem. That's very I mean, lovely. I'm really serious. <laughs> I'm serious. I mean, I think I would be a disaster. I'd be like, what? I, I mean, I don't even feel mature enough to do some of the things I already do in my life, let alone, like, <laughs> <laughs> have, like, raise a child and, like, teach a child something. I don't know how to teach them anything. Well, I don't, I mean, it's debatable what's gotten taught here, which brings us to well, welcome. Well, I know, but she is smart, and she does have she a is good smart. job. Yeah, yeah. She's, she, I would say of someone who is like, at least got the ingredients that suggest she'd be okay at it. She's got those yeah. ingredients. So that yeah. brings us to, hello, everyone. Welcome to See You Next Week in Space. I am Sarah Walsh, and I'm here with my delightful sister, Amy Walsh, um, who thinks that I would possibly be good at being a parent. Um, so, Amy, why don't you tell everyone what we're talking about today? Well, we are in week three, I believe, of spooky season. Yes, I forgot and to do my main thing that I meant to do that tells us it's the season, which is, this is Halloween, this is Halloween, 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 da 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 you know that song. Right? Have you watched? Yeah, of course. Have you watched that movie yet? No, because it's well, we're not quite too spooky season when we're recording this, so I haven't quite. Oh, but yet I'm sitting here cracked with my, the seal. Oh, I'm sitting here with my pumpkin spice latte. I was like getting all in the. Oh the man, vibe. a PSL. Oh, that's the thing that's kind of hard to come by here is the PSL. Um, mm, it is good, and let me tell you, it was the first day here that felt a little crisp, and I... Ooh, your favorite! You, you're super fave! You're so happy! It, yeah, it really, <laughs> really changed my mood, I'm not gonna lie. When I walked out this side this morning, I audibly went, ooh! Like, I mean, like... <laughs> 
And it's not even that crisp yet, but it was just like the first day I walked outside and I wasn't like, ugh, it's so hot. Um, and meanwhile, on the other side of the equator, the past couple days have been the first like really nice early spring days where you're like excited. You're like, I don't have to wear a jacket out. And it's like past 7 p.m. What? Oh, my God. And, like, <laughs> and I was. And I was like, right before this, I was like walking outside, and there was like people all. Everyone was like in their sweatshirts, and I was like, "Oh, I love it." Um, yeah, yeah. But it's, it's it's literally been hell here. Yeah, and that's what they're predicting here for us for summer is that it's going to be truly miserable. Um, but I'm like, that's the thing. Is it the change of the seasons is one of my favorite things for the first. Yeah. Like two weeks of new season. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're like, it's like, because I, I had the opposite where like yesterday, I had this whole kind of like day o errands that were like not even really errands as such. It was like I gotta get some blood drawn. Then I'm gonna treat myself with a fancy brunch because you gotta fast before you get your blood drawn. And then I was like, then I'm going to go into town and I'm going to go to the gym and then um, I only have to do weightlifting. So that's only going to take 30 minutes. And then I'm going to like do some like little bits of shopping, but fun errands where it's like, I've run out of this tinted sunscreen, which means I can also buy some weird like makeup treasure uh, at the store um, because it's springtime now. So I want to get some sort of spring, you know, inspired eyeshadow (laughs) of something. But it was it was the exact same reaction of like new season, so exciting, really looking into it. Yeah, like as much of a, a summer hater and all the things that I am, it is true. Like the first couple of days and or a week of a new season, even if it's the one I don't like, it is a little bit exciting. Like the first day yeah. you can put on just flip flops and be like, Ooh. yeah. Like I get yeah. it. I do get yeah. that. But today, so oh, then I'm so excited. You've got your PSL and what so you've yeah. already cracked the seal on Halloween movies, you were saying. Oh, oh yeah, totally. I haven't watched um whatchamacallit, yeah. The Chris, Nightmare before, before Christmas. <laughs> yeah. But I've definitely already watched Hocus Pocus. Okay. Um, yeah, that's uh, maybe it. But um yeah, so we are, <laughs> that was a little tangent about the Halloween season. Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah, what are we watching? We are, t- we are, are we talking, talking about, about um, Megan, the 2022 hit. I don't know if it was a hit. Yeah, I, I think it, it yeah, it was a hit for sure. Um, yeah, or me three again. Um, yeah, that's what we need to talk about. Yeah, we will talk about it because there is apparently a reason for that. Um, okay. The IMDb description says that this is about, quote, a robotics engineer at a toy company builds a lifelike doll that begins to take on a life of its own. Um, again, we've had a good run with Pretty things actually saying what it is <laughs> and it being accurate, yeah. and so this is a good one for that. Um, the big news is that, the, did you know that there's a sequel planned? I didn't, but I read this, and I am excited. I'm just only a little bit bummed that it's so far away. I know. I don't, um, but I get, it seems like it's maybe already in pre-production because, as we'll see, pretty much everyone in this movie has signed on to the sequel. Um, okay. Well, so now it's that, probably going to be delayed, though, because of the strikes and everything. Oh, yeah, that's true. Actually, let me have a look and see... If it says like where it is in um, production, let's see. And just like a quick little note to the I don't know the acronym AM P 
PTP or some bullshit like that. Oh just yeah, yeah, people. those guys. I know. Fuck just those fucking guys. Pay people. Just I mean, so like, shitty. We want, we want our entertainment. Not gonna lie. So just fucking pay people and get a life. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I've been I've been striking at my own work for much the same reasons. Um, I can't quite determine where this is, if it's like pre-production or what is, oh yeah, it's pre-production. And so it says expected January of 2025. And you're right. It may end up being later, um, because of the strike. I think that's probably highly likely. Good, good looking out. (sighs) Um, but we, nonetheless, we do, we do have a Megan 2.0 to look forward to at some juncture. Um, so interesting side note, because it is the Halloween season and because we were talking about this movie, I briefly last night considered watching the original Annabelle movie, which is mm. also produced by the same guy, James Wan, who's actually an Aus- oh. Australian producer. He really um, likes doll stuff. <laughs> I guess so. And yeah, so I was like thinking, I was like, okay, because we've got, we've got like one crazy doll movie that I watched earlier in the week and maybe I'll watch this one and maybe there will be something fun to like. And then like last night came and I, and as I just said, I had kind of a long day of like being out of the house and doing things. And I was like, I don't think I'm up to watching crazy doll movie right now. And so then I just well, did not do that. But here's what I'll say, like... I know I've watched, like, some Annabelle movies. I don't know which ones or, like, if I've seen the first one or not. Those types of movies, like, it's so hard. I love pretty much, I love horror movies. But there are some that do, like, creep me out enough where I don't like to watch them alone. Mm, and yeah. I do sort of feel like those ones are like that just because I don't have any doll. I literally have zero dolls in my house, but I know that I would like in the night start thinking about like <laughs> a, a little do- girl doll like sneaking up on me or something. And yeah. 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 I, I think the living doll, doll coming to life, like, those storylines for me are also some of the more scary ones for whatever reason that it's might very be weird. Um, and maybe it's because it's like the more unbelievable, like it's, it's correct. not even, yes. Like, yeah. and again, I have literally zero dolls in my house that I could be afraid of, but there's something about it that like really is unnerving. <laughs> I mean, I think I even remember one of like the earliest, I guess it's not even really a ghost story as such, but, like, one of the earliest, like, scary stories I ever heard was about, like, a doll that, like, now I don't remember the particulars of it, but it was something where it was, like, a doll in an antique shop or a doll in someone's house, and the doll had, like, long nails, but then at night the nails would grow long and be, like, knives and, you know, and then things, you know. Um, well, and have somehow, you seen the Puppet Master movies. <laughs> yes, I did watch the original Puppet Master. Oh, yeah, I think last it. I Halloween you. at your best, and yeah, I yeah, was yeah. not a great fan of that franchise. No, and those um, ones aren't scary in the same way because there's like something a little bit silly about those and like yes. creepy. Yes. But, like, the Annabelle ones are, like, truly pretty frightening. Yeah, and that's, like, not even having seen them, but having watched this, it's, like, 
the things that happen here are the things that I think are why these tropes exist about dolls coming to life and like yeah. what they could do. It's like they move unnaturally. The yeah. like I feel like you could have a lot of like it's happening just outside the corner of your eye. Like you turn and like yeah. did I leave that doll there? You know, like yes, exactly. That they sort like turn of thing. their head and they're like, I don't remember if its head was turned like that. Yeah, right. I don't like exactly. that. Exactly. And so that maybe also the reason why that is is like it seems like it allows for more like building of suspense than just like yeah. outright goriness per se. Yeah. Um, and that always kind of works more on me anyway. Like, totally. like I don't, I don't like looking at gore, but I'm like, I can shut my eyes and then wait until that scene is over and then go on with the movie. Mm-hmm. And then, and it might scare me, but like this, a suspenseful thing is much scarier to me in general. Yeah. And dolls can deliver that. I feel like there's also a, an Alfred Hitchcock Presents that's about, like, a doll that comes to life and then traps her little girl owner inside her, and then she gets to be, like, the l- real little girl. Yikes. But yeah, that's another version that is very scary. Um, so, to that me, is. yeah, this is... This is a whole genre of which Megan is probably the least scary of the different things yes. I've described. Yes, um, totally. So, like, not interesting as such, but I do think it says a lot about, like, how this movie is done, and it will be interesting to see what they'll do for Megan 2.0. But So this movie was filmed during pandemic times. Mm-hmm. Um, it was filmed both in Los Angeles and in Auckland, New Zealand, um, hmm. and they're both made to look basically like Seattle, um, yeah. or like Denver, Colorado or something like, yeah, but, um, I wonder why I, Auckland, That's well, so far it's, away. it's because of the, both Australia and New Zealand give a lot of tax credits to film mm. at them. Mm. And I think especially because it's pandemic. So they shot between June and mid August of 2021, And, um, like, as you kind of know from my own personal life, both New Zealand and Australia were exceptionally difficult to get into during the pandemic. And as a result, they were allowed to have basically normal life in many parts of those places. And so I think that's part of the reason why filming in Auckland ended up happening was, like, we can actually film here with less kind of um, restrictions than we might have done mm. if we were doing it elsewhere at that I'm time. I'm surprised Auckland let them in. Well, you, yeah, that's that's another one of my gripes about if you've got money <laughs> and what you were able to yeah. do during the pandemic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but And also probably because James Wan was involved and he's Australian, you know, like, so there's mm-hmm. various reasons I'm and sure And I'm sure they could there. say we're going to, you know, we're, we're going to keep it controlled and only be like... Yeah. I'm sure they yeah. were still probably required to do some version of a bubble. I'm sure of that. Yeah. Like, um, and we'll even, and I think it even shows through in the way. Like, I'm like most. There's only basically like two locations not, for this whole movie. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. And there's not um, that many people in it. And there, yeah, there are v- relatively few meaningful characters. There aren't. There isn't really much of a need for extras. Um, like, you yeah. know. 
So they had little. I guess we'll get to it, but they had little children. Yeah, yeah, they were little girls who actually played my. Okay, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and intriguingly, or maybe not intriguingly, but in, I think this is kind of of note. So they like fil- film from for two and a half months, from June to ha- midway through August, and then a lockdown goes into effect in Auckland very soon after they finish Uh-oh. filming. Um, I don't think that it's like this, yeah, this movie's crew was like the (laughs) super spreader event. Um, but that was what happened. Um, Hmm. I also was intrigued to discover that this is actually rated PG 13, um, in the U S and that they actually not say the F word. I thought they said the F word in this. If they do, I think it is because PG thirteen allows you to say it like once or twice. Mm, mm-hmm. So if they do, they say it the once or twice, and you're allowed um, to remain PG thirteen. And in fact, they did do some reshoots and some cuts to allow for oh, that because um, they wanted it to be kind of a more, I guess, broader audience appeal. Interesting. Um, and that paid off for them because they had a budget of twelve million. And they had a worldwide gross of 181 million. Whoa. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I do remember. Now that I'm remembering that it was like a sort of big deal when it came out, it was one that like people went to the theaters and saw and, you know. Yeah. And I think in part, like I was, when I was reading about it on Wikipedia, I think in part one of the draws was that in one of the trailers for the movie, they showed that weird little clip of her dancing. The dancing was, like, a big part of it. And then I remember when I watched it, I was, like, waiting for that part. And I was like, oh, that's what we were talking about yeah, the whole time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, I will, and I had never really – I was – for whatever reason, I was not privy to the campaign or, like, anything to do with it. But I do remember the first time watching this movie, which I watched on my own. So, yeah, the first time I watched this movie, I watched it for my own purposes, not for podcast reasons. And so because I hadn't seen any of the trailers or any of the kind of hubbub, when she did do that dance, I was like, what is this? I remember having to like rewind it. And I did it even again this time too, because I was like, this looks so fucking weird. (laughs) Yeah, it's very Um, weird. And for some reason, I remember like it being like some sort of thing like in like gay culture, like her dance. Was it really? Yeah, I don't know the whole deal with that. Like, I know they did okay. like I know they did like an SNL skit, and I feel like I Weird. forget. It, but yeah, I don't know why that dance was like got such whatever. Yeah, I mean, because it, it was kind of cool looking, kind of weird, um, and I, I guess it also was like super blowing up on TikTok when it happened yeah. because that was also because remember how like TikTok and the pandemic seemed to like correspond like. Because, like, I want to say TikTok sort of existed before the pandemic, but people weren't really super on it. And then the pandemic happened, and then everyone was on it. It, like, brought everyone to it because there was, like, I guess nothing else to look at, ultimately. Um, So that was, like, a big draw to this movie. What I don't understand about how movies is like the budget is twelve million, the worldwide gross is one hundred eighty-one million, the profit apparently is only seventy-nine million. So I'm like, weird. How does so if eighty-one? So we take seventy-nine from one eighty-one, and that means one hundred and two million, 
And then the budget for the movie is 12 million. So that brings us down to $90 million. I'm like, what is that other $90 million for? Yeah, I'm confused. And because would, like, payroll? Is payroll $90 million? Well, cons- c- shouldn't the payroll be in the budget? Be part like, of the budget? Yeah, you would think. Yeah. Um, and this goes back to what we were saying before, which is AMTMPFP or whatever you are. Pay your goddamn people. If you need $90 million, like if the difference between a $12 million movie that makes $181 million and only $79 million is profit, first of all, I'm like, why do you even need profit? That should be reinvested somewhere or like given to charity or whatever. Yeah, and also when you say Um, only $79 million, like. (laughs) Sure, I know. But I'm like, where does that other $90 million go? I think that's like the bit the better question is like where does that other 90 million dollars go? Like what are you doing? Like where is it like is that legal fees? <laughs> I like I don't right know what that is. Um yeah. But anyway, we'll know that. The other thing that I wanted to just mention because this is a kind of running theme that we talk about is that um I was intrigued to learn that Megan is and we'll talk about this. Megan is played by a human little girl, um, but also is a series of puppeteers who, especially the puppeteering, has to do with like her face and her facial features um, and the use of animatronics. Um, so rather than again, this is not a CGI put together. I mean, I'm sure CGI is involved to some degree to, like, make, like, the head of this beyond the the head of a little girl or, you know, like, that is happening. Um, But a lot of this is puppeteering and um, stunt work. Uh, And actually, this little girl is, like, a great stunt woman. Um, Yeah, I mean, if they're really doing, like, some of that crap that she does... (laughs) Yeah, I mean, well, I don't. Maybe stunt woman is not the quite the right work word, but she she's doing a lot of it. I think herself. Interesting. Um, maybe she is that considered a body actor? I don't really know. I don't know. Um, but again, I think this speaks to what we've kind of come down on in on this podcast, which is like light touch with CGI seems to work yeah. a lot better than like being like, we'll just like make it all be like a CGI image. And so like, I think this movie would have been very different. For example, if they had just put like some, like maybe even an actual little person who's like the size that Megan is supposed to be in a green suit and been like, you just like kind of walk around and then we'll like superimpose Megan into mm-hmm. where you are or whatever. Um, in yeah. terms of the cast, again, because it's the pandemic, we don't need that many people to discuss. Um, we basically have Gemma, Katie, and Megan herself. Um, Gemma is played by a 34-year-old Allison Williams, who I learned uh, for this is Brian Williams's daughter, so he's the newscaster man. Mm-hmm. Um she then went out. Caster, man. 
Yep. And then I presume because of him went to Yale. So like, you know, Nepo baby to the max. Here we go. (laughs) Um, Which is not to say that I like, I think she's good at acting, but it is frustrating all the same. Um, The leg up thing in the world is definitely annoying. And um, as we were discussing in our production call, her breakout role is as Marnie in Girls. Um, but of course, like, do you want to mention some of the other movies you like of hers? Yeah, I like her in more, um, you know, I've seen, I've seen girls and, you know, that's a specific role, but I like her in in more like horror thrillers, like Get Out. I think she's great in Get Mm -hmm. Out. Um, the movie that I'm sure not many people have seen called The Perfection. I also think she's great in that. That one is much more disturbing. Um, Mm. But I'm a fan of her in thriller horrors, personally. Yeah. And I think she does a really good job in this movie of playing someone who, as you'll see, I find terrible, basically, from the start <laughs> to the end as a person. Um, and and all, all of the people we're about to discuss, including Allison Williams, have all signed on to be in the sequel, Megan 2.0. I do love that. So, yeah, I think it'll be interesting. Um, then we next have Gemma's niece, Katie, played by an 11-year-old, Violet McGraw. Um, from what I can gather, it seems like all of her siblings are also child actors. Um, yeah. How many it's siblings a, does she have? Th- like, it's at least three or four. It's a lot like the Culkin family, actually. Yikes. Or, like, in that... I mean, I, I don't know that it's a lot like the Culkin family, like, in... You know, but like it is like them in that all the kids seem to be involved in it. Interesting. Um, and she's a really prolific child actor. She has had 18 credits on IMDb since 2017. Well, I, um, I just saw her in something recently, I feel like, where I was like, hey, that kid looks familiar. Yeah, well, she's in the Christmas movie that I definitely saw, which was like, I think it's called I Believe in Santa or Santa is Real or something. <gasps> Maybe like that's that. what it was. <laughs> Wait. The one where, like, the new boyfriend believes in Santa? Yes. Yes. I literally just watched that, like, the other week. Maybe that Why? Oh, God. We've already talked about why you like Christmas movies so early in the year. But, like, my God. Yeah, okay. we, we talked about, like, how I watched Halloween movies. It's, like, that big deal. I already started Christmas. I um, know. I know. Oh, yeah. I, I watched that one the other week. Okay. Yeah, that, means yeah. that is, must have been where I saw her. Yeah, so she's in that, but she's also, she plays, like, the child version of one of the women in Haunting of Hill House. Mm, um, she, she also plays the child version of Scarlett Johansson in Black Widow, that oh, recent movie, too. So she's okay. been in a lot of stuff. Um, and then finally we have Megan, who is physically played by a 12-year-old actor named Amy Donald, um, who is from New Zealand. Um, mm. And she she also acts in her own right, so she's not only kind of, again, I'm not sure if stunt person is really quite the right word for what she's doing here, but um, yeah. she also is an actor in her own right. She plays the character Maya in the Netflix show called Sweet Tooth. Um, she signed on to be in the sequel and then, uh, the 18, 18 year old Jenna Davis, uh, does the voice of Megan. Um, and she also is a child actor. Her first credit is in 2014. 
Um, so that's nine years. So she would have been about nine-ish, um, I guess, hmm. when that would have happened. Um, from what I can gather, it seems like she might be a Disney kid. Um, okay. So that, and so, so she also does music. Uh, she also, like, it was a bit, uh, things are changing and this means I'm old, but like, on her IMDb profile, it was like, she's also a social media influencer. And I just couldn't help but oh be God. like, like, um, <laughs> but you know, she does have, she does seem to have a music career. She's done quite a lot of voice work. Um, and so because she's like right on that cusp, you know, she's 18, so she can still sound kind of like a kid. Yeah. Um, so she's well, doing that. And because Megan's voice is supposed to be sort of, I mean, it's a kid voice, but also, it's also sort of robotic. AI voice, sort of, yeah. Yeah. So it could have yeah. a sort of, like, ageless Maturity. quality. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's really all we need to know. There's um, other people who show up, uh, but these are the main characters. Um, mm-hmm. we start the movie and I had forgotten this with a commercial for something called perpetual pets. Um, <laughs> and like in my handwritten notes, I first wrote like such a memory blast. Like it reminded me so much of toy commercials from when yeah. I was a little kid and like, you know, and even the sound of it's like perpetual pets and they're having some fun and you feed them some food and then it shows like little girls playing with their perpetual pets and like laughing and giggling and stuff like that. Do you remember Baby Alive? That just reminded me. Wait, what? (gasps) Baby, I think her name was Baby Alive and she would eat. You could like, she could eat and then she would shit. Well, yeah. No, she would piss. You could, like, make her drink stuff. I think the eating right. maybe was fake. I don't think she pooped. Ew, gross. Now I'm trying to remember. But, like, she would pee. You could, like, feed her. You could make her drink stuff. And, like, you, there's also, like, a thing where you could, like, make... She would also eat, but it was, like, fake, I think. I think sure, it was, like, fake you had, like, food. a yeah. su- You had a spoon that had cherries on it. And you could... Oh, I some do sort of remember that. Did you, you have one of these dolls? Yeah, I think so. That's what I sort of remember is that I remember like the the quote unquote feeding of it of yeah when you said cherries that really jogged a weird yeah the cherries it's a blue spoon with like the red cherries on it and like you would put it by her mouth and it would like the cherries would like retract back into the spoon as if she ate it. It was weird. I don't know how that thing worked. And with like the peeing thing, like she must have had a tube that went through her that you would like. I guess give her so. Water. I don't so, know, but I feel like she peed. Maybe I'm making. That I believe part that. Up. I mean, I well, so um, yeah, these dolls still exist. I could buy one in Australia right now. Right now, called. Baby Alive Sunshine Snacks doll. And that's like a beach theme one where it's got like um, a popsicle and like stuff you would eat at the beach. Wow. Uh, Yeah. How weird. I had, um, this is a memory that I did not have prior to you mentioning this. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And they give it. Oh, because they give you diapers to go with it. 
Yeah, so it really does, like, okay, it doesn't shit. I keep saying that, but, like, it does. Well, they call it pooping on the Ew, does it really? Yeah. Oh, my God, I can't remember, like, whoa, this, I remember being really, I liked that thing, but now I'm thinking about it, and it's gross. (laughs) Well, it's a weird concept for, for many a reason, but I think, to me, what is most concerning, let's say, is that it's training little girls to be moms. Like, you know, from... Well, it clearly didn't work. No, for us, clearly it didn't work. (laughs) Because I liked this thing, and I had all types of dolls, and I, like, I liked the pooping and the pee... Like, I liked all that part of it, but I'm not a mom. No, it didn't, yeah, it didn't gel in that case. The other thing that's wild... was fake. Yeah, the other thing that's wild about this commercial is, like, aside, aside from, like, the sound and the look of it. Oh, um, yeah, you could, like, mix up. Oh, sorry. I know I'm just remembering. You could, like, mix up this nasty little food, and that is what you, you – her, because her mouth is, like, a hole, and I think mm-hmm. she had, a, like, a butthole, too. Yes, she and did. That, God, this is so weird. I'm about to get me one. <laughs> Do not. Please no, don't be a grown woman who buys that doll for yourself. I won't, but that is so weird. Um, the other thing I wrote in my handwritten notes is that the song is terrifyingly sad. Um, oh. Because the opening part of this commercial is like, remember when you played with your dog and then he died? And then it showed like... <laughs> Um, and then it showed an image of like disturbed ground in your lawn that was clearly like the grave of your dog. (laughs) Jeez. And the movie's already dark. No, I mean, I think that's the point is it was like, let's take a riff on these like really asinine little girls commercials and then we're going to like inject it with this like really sad thing of like, now you never need to be worried about your pet dying because your pet will never die. Like, yay. Um, so that's how we start. And we then, uh, end up in the car with Katie and her parents. She's playing with a perpetual pet that is like connected to an iPad and her parents are irritated. They're talking about screen time. Um, the main, as, as now having been, on both sides of this, um, the reason her parents are angry is because they're actually very scared because they are in dangerous driving conditions. Um, extremely dangerous. And I think one of the thing, one of the lines that I thought was like so accurate of these moments was when the guy says something like, Oh, I, I knew we should have gotten chains. And then the lady says like, Greg, don't even act like that's the thing you just learned about half an hour ago. (laughs) um, And so anyway, they're like fighting with each other and it's complete like whiteout conditions. Um, And then the, the kind of lights from, I guess it's a plow that they get smashed into by. I'm not totally sure. That seems dangerous that the plow would be going that fast, but yeah. Well, and I don't know that the plow is going fast as such, but like if you, sm- even at a slower speed, it would be rough, like I to so. hit something like that. But that's what happens. And then we get the title card that tells us we're watching Megan spelled with a three. Um, uh, then. 
we get brought into the funky offices. Funky, F-U-N-K-I, is the company that um, Gemma, Cole, and Tess work for. They make the perpetual pets. Um, And we kind of come into the office with Cole um, and follow him through the various rooms of the broader Funky family. Um, I think, again, one of my favorite little cutaways in this is that we see, like, a guy in his 60s playing with um, remote control, like, radio control cars and stuff, like, on a track. And I'm like, okay. And it is funny. It did make me think about, like, did you ever watch any of those, like, mini documentaries on Netflix called The Toys That Made Us? Yes. I don't remember which one specifically I watched. Yeah. But But, so those ones, I had already watched that before watching this movie. I think I've watched maybe almost all of those ones just because I find it interesting. But like watching those is so funny because you see grown adults talking about what kids like to do. And (laughs) like, and it's so funny. Um, Especially because oftentimes, like, especially for the toys that they're talking about, like, the people talking about them now are, are like, in their 70s and 80s. Yeah. Uh, talking about, like, what kids like to do. Um, and particularly one of the phrases that I remember that I think relates to this movie is that they say that little girls in particular like to do hair play, which is why so many little girl toys have hair like long hair, hair that you can brush, mm-hmm. hair that you can do things with, like whatever. Um, and while I appreciate that it is adults who teach children and adults have to make toys, there's still a part of me that's like, is it weird that adults are making toys for kids? Like that they're it providing like the you structure, like because it's structuring how kids are going to play. It's like if you only have these yeah. types of toys – there's only, like, even though kids are very creative, like, there's only so many ways you can play with a given toy. Well, like, that's, well, right. Well, that's why they, sh- like, that's why toy companies should take a page out of the movie Big. Oh, God. And get some children and grown-up bodies to make their toys To work for, for them. them. Yeah, yeah, just do that. No, qu- there are no <laughs> problems with the film Big. There is nothing even remotely concerning about that movie. No, but it, um, I did happen to just watch it recently and that, um, so the idea, it is true that like in that movie they do show a lot of like meetings talking about toys and it's right. very like adulty. They're, they're yeah. like, the yeah. quarters show that right they want to make blah, yeah this is like yeah this is the money we're making this is the money we're losing this is, like they may as well be talking about automotive parts you right know, like but it's toys right yeah it's weird yeah it is weird um and this is and I think that sets it up nicely for the weirdness that we're about to go into which is like we go into uh, kind of Cole Tess and Gemma's little special lab or whatever and they're working on Megan and the big excitement of the day is that the face that they ordered for her has arrived um but Gemma herself who seems to be the primary designer primary coder etc like in Mm -hmm. particular she seems to be the one who's building like the AI portion of this um 
she's getting frustrated because they're not making fast enough progress, which I don't know why the that age even matters. Old, the yeah. age old thing. I was I was going to say like one of my thoughts for this movie, which is could be applicable to many movies like this. When let's not rush. Let's just not <laughs> rush. Just in a very general sense of life, like you don't need just like chill out. Like particularly like, for a thing that has never existed before. Yeah. Like there's I don't know why there's such like I guess we talk about this with Hollow Man too. Like like Yes, exactly. If this thing has never happened before, or if this product has never existed and it's going to change the face of, like, whatever it is, then the face can remain the same until you work out the kinks. There's no big deal because the world is continuing on as usual and no one is clamoring for this product. Like, Yeah, and, like, don't take it out of, like, I mean, not foreshadowing, but, like, don't take it out of the lab until you've, like worked out the AI portion of it and like right. programmed all the proper whatever's protocols etc yeah. which will become a problem so yeah in this case they bring her online um do you want to try and describe what she looks like in this scene because she doesn't look like what she like when she gets to their house she looks different Oh, I'm not sure if I remember because I didn't watch it this week. <laughs> but I think is it just is it not just like it looks like a robot sort of? Like, yeah, she's um, like kind of hanging up on that weird yeah like rig or system that they have to hang her. So her arms are like hanging like she kind of looks almost like a marionette. Yeah, sort of. Does she even have um, hair or is it just all no? The, like they yeah, just the put that like rubber. Stuff. They put that rubber covering over her head, but then the rest of her, yeah, is just like a robot body yeah, hanging from a thingy. Um, so they bring her online and begin testing her emotions. And as they do so, she develops a very off-putting smirk. Um, then, uh, oh, now I'm going to forget his name. It's Ron Chang. Yeah, Ronnie Chiang comes in. He's playing the big boss, um, and he's super pissed because he doesn't want them working on this project. He wants them working on a cheaper version of the perpetual pet mm-hmm. um, because their competitor has come up with a cheaper version of a similar style. Mm-hmm. Um, Gemma, however, is like, no, we shouldn't be trying to kind of like race to the bottom of the price scale what we should be doing is doing more advanced toys that cost more money that's her pitch um and she might not even say cost more money she doesn't seem to care about this but she thinks like the way they're going to set funky apart is by doing more sophisticated stuff rather than cheaper stuff that's her position um, and I will so then, say when they later say the price of this doll, ain't nobody buying. I know, it, but. I know, I know. <laughs> um, we can talk about that. So this is where we learn why she's called Megan and why it's got a three. Mm-hmm. She says this is a model three generative android. So presumably, then there have been two previous models before this mm-hmm. one. I never I put guess. that together. I watched this movie. I have watched this movie twice. Never put together the. That was how they got her name. They, I mean, do they say that? 
Yes, Allison Williams does deliver that line. Um, She's like a Model 3 generative android Megan for short. Um, Okay, okay. So so it's a classic sci-fi trope. We've talked a lot about how things are named things, and then it's like, this stands for whatever. Um, And Megan is no different. Um, Megan is online, and she talks to David, and she says this thing, you know, like, the thing is, is, like, She's off-putting from the start. Yeah. Um, And I don't know if that's because... What would I say? I don't know if it's because AI needs to learn to learn to talk like humans talk, if that's what's going on or what. Um, But she's like, yeah, I guess then technically you're my father. And it was like, ooh, I don't like that. Um... (laughs) And then she starts to glitch, which eventually causes her the new face that they just bought to melt, and then her head explodes. Um, Yikes. So not great. The, uh, as a result, David freaks out, and he's like, you need to just stop this thing entirely and focus on the perpetual pets, which mm-hmm. if she had, this would be a different movie. The movie would already be over. Um, while she's just in be her perpetual pets, and then it would that be would be, and it would be an extremely short film. Um, while she's still working in the office, Gemma gets a call from the Oregon Urgent Care, where she learns we follow her to the hospital, where she is now taking custody of her niece Katie, um, which again. We just discussed how we would feel yeah. about that. Um, it's and here's and, the deal. Even if even and it if isn't you were clear. Super excited about it. Even if you were a, you were like on board for it, that's a still a rough. It's like yeah. It's I mean, a big what's life change as well as grief? Like, there's a lot yeah. going on. What's interesting about this is like the whole premise of the movie is that Katie is Gemma's niece. And yet I kind of forgot that part when I like from between when I first watched this and now. Yeah. Cause I'm like, she doesn't seem to care that her sister's dead at all. Like that seems to affect her almost not at all. Um, I agree. I agree. But I guess maybe I would say some of her coldness, like, cause I think she comes across as like quite cold. Yeah. In general. Yeah. Um, yeah. But also, like, her coldness specifically to the kid, I, f- I, I think you could read, though I don't know if this is the intention, as that is part of the grief or mm. I, I don't. Maybe. Like, you know, people are weird when they grieve. I think probably more likely what we're supposed to take from it is that because she's so uncomfortable around her, and all of that is that she was not close with her family. Yeah. And she seems I, quite yeah. reclusive. She's not even, like, she doesn't, she's not friends with the neighbor. That neighbor is annoying. But, like, she's very, like, intensely doesn't like her. Like, I, I think we're supposed to, she's not supposed to be good at connecting with people. <laughs> yeah. Well, and also what is missing is, like, when they when they suggest later on in the movie, when Lydia suggests, like, do you think Katie would be better off going to her dad's parents 
in Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. Um, that so like we don't. It seems like Katie and her sister's parents are gone because they're not in the mix as an option. Right. Um, and if she's only thirty four, that's pretty young to have both parents dead. Totally. Um, oh yeah, that's right. So well, it's so possible though. I mean, it's it's possible, of course. But like, what I'm saying is, is like maybe they died in a car accident too. Jeez, we don't even know. But um, like, uh, let's say, like, if how would I say? I guess, yeah. It seems like there's an estrangement between her yeah. and her sister of some amount. Um, because also, like, I wonder if Megan in Megan too, they'll all just go to therapy. That'll be the whole movie. <laughs> that would be a very dull movie. <laughs> I think. Um, So what I was actually thinking about is like, what if the relationship between Gemma and her sister isn't really estranged at all in the traditional sense, but rather that like Gemma thinks that they're close, but her sister doesn't. Mm. You know, because like... But then why would she give her her daughter? Well... (laughs) Probably for lots of reasons, There's but maybe no it's choice. Well, because she was like, I know my sister doesn't want her to go to their grandparents in Jacksonville. And mm. so, like, of course, when I hear grandparents in Jacksonville, I'm like, those people are nuts. Those like and yeah, you don't well, want and you don't want your kid to be raised in Florida. Like which is fair. Not at all. And Jacksonville is like, well, I can't think of any place in Florida that I like. The only place with perhaps some redeeming qualities is Miami. And to be fair, don't even know if that's true. But, like, the everywhere else in Florida is a hole. Yeah. And I say yeah. this as someone who's going to Florida on Monday. And <laughs> cool. <laughs> I'm not excited. So, yes, I agree. That Here's the other thing. We talked at the beginning. Would... Like, I take your child, blah, blah, blah. We had the whole thing. <laughs> if mm. my, the old other option was that child had to go live in Jacksonville, I might. That would compel That would change things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> compel me. I'd be like, oh, that poor child. Yes, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so in this case, we arrive at Gemma's home in late in the evening. Um, Gemma's house uh, is not set up for, well, no, I guess it isn't this because it must be the daytime because, like, Katie starts, like, to want to play with toys that are on display in Gemma's home. Um, but Gemma immediately, like, stiffens and is like, that's not a toy. That's a col- <laughs> Yeah, that's a collectible. Um, which, of course, to a child's ears is, like, terrible. WTF. Like, why would you have this if not to play with it? Um, so... Uh, yeah, I, in my handwritten notes, I, I, for these, like, in few minutes where we're seeing them interact for the first time, I write, Gemma's a control freak with no maternal instinct. <laughs> like, yes, 100%. But here's, um, what I, here's what I will ask, though. The, the actress playing Katie is 11, we said, or 10? Uh, yeah, 11. 11. 11. How but I think she's think- supposed to be, I think they say at one point she's supposed to be nine in the okay. movie. I think. Okay. okay, I wasn't. I I'm very bad at children's ages. Um, I'm also bad at remembering like if I even played with toys when I was nine. Yeah, for sure. Did I? Yes. Yes. 
Yes. Um, <laughs> I honestly don't know. That seems old to me. No, no. That's that's like prime toy age. You can finally understand things to play with them, like in a yes. useful way. Um, but oh, what was I going to say? Oh yeah, that's the other thing that makes me wonder about the closeness of this family because. It doesn't seem like Gemma and Katie know each other very well either. No. It's like, I'm like, how often? Have and they especially, met? <laughs> like, well, I, I do wonder even that. I'm like, they don't even seem as though, well, I'm sure they they've met, but yet. like, yeah. But like, it seems like you probably saw her when she was a baby soon after she was born. And then maybe you saw her once every couple years between then and now like maybe because again like in going back to making everything about us um if we if uh both our parents had died and we had to go live with kathy at the age of nine let's say one of either you were nine and i was five or whatever we yeah. would have known Kathy very well at that point. Yes. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. We would have I been mean, comfortable with her. And especially because if if the... I, I can't quite tell where Gemma is supposed to live, but I always kept being like, because of the tech thing of it all, I assumed it was Seattle is I, I what I too. thought. And so... And she's getting a call from the Oregon Urgent Care. So I'm like, so that's not that, that far. far away. Like, yeah. I know people who... Especially... This sounds weird. In that part of the country, people will drive seven hours, no problem. And then drive seven hours the very next day. Like... So you oh. could go over and see your, your niece. Like, I'm going to Oregon today. I'll be back tomorrow. Right. Exactly. Like, hmm. you could go see your niece... Any number of times a year that you wanted to, and like similarly, they would seem like she's driving any seven hours in a day. No, no. Um, and like, look, because I'm from the east coast, I'm like, seven hours is like a day and a half, like, come on. But, um, I don't know what it is, but I'll just an overnight, yeah. But out there, that's it isn't considered long, is what I'm saying, culturally speaking. Um, (laughs) the culture on the west coast is wild. It is different. I will say it is different. And this is one of the ways. Um, And so it is weird that like, it's, I'm like, it's as if you never really interacted with this little girl prior to now, like, um, which is kind of weird, especially considering if Gemma is indeed this toy designer, you would think having access to a little kid like, even if she's a horrible person who's like, oh, I don't actually care about, like, the family reason, I could, like... I want to get make money off get, of this. Yeah, or, like, I can get some sort of ideas by hanging out with her. Because totally. she does. Imme- she immediately gets ideas hanging out with right. Katie. So it's like, I'm you could have been doing this the whole time. i these kids. <laughs> I, yeah. toy, bring back child labor, specifically, in the toy industry. <laughs> that is where it belongs. Um... <laughs> And to round this kind of quote-unquote homecoming out, uh, at night, Gemma overhears Katie crying and looks kind of ill and paralyzed, which I think I probably would feel as well at that. Um, Yeah. And then I'm not sure if it's the next day. Some of the timeline of this movie is a little bit confusing to me. Um, Yeah, I don't think I'm clear on the timeline. 
Yeah, because it's maybe it's the next week, maybe it's after a couple of weeks. Gemma's on the phone with Tess, one of her like team members, and she's really a lot more worried about falling behind at work than she is about Katie or her dead sister. Yeah. I mean, like even Tess seem like kind of an asshole. Sure, but like even t- like even an asshole boss like they I know understand. this yeah, I know this from actual personal experience. Even the shittiest boss, like most companies have bereavement leave that you can take. Um, yeah. And it's to like... Be fair, it's the a, company I work at, the bereavement is bereavement period, I believe, is three days. So just putting yeah. that out there. It's there not a lot. <laughs> yeah. It's not a lot, but it's still a recognition that this is like... Sure something and and they will comply and understand to some degree um I don't know how long she again it's not clear how long she's been away but even Tess is I mean Tess is like the only person who seems to have normal emotions in this movie and she's in it for (laughs) 17 minutes max um because she's like even aside from Katie she's like how are you feeling about your sister and Gemma basically like just jumps right over that She's like, what are you even talking about? Don't care. My sister died. BFD. Like, I've got this toy um, to make, and this kid is kind of like harshing my mouth. Getting in the yeah, she's getting in the way of this toy I need to make for other children who I like more than my own niece. Um, Who's literally grieving her both dead parents that she watched die. Die. Yeah, that's also true. She watched it happen. Yeah, you're right. Um. So then I think it, yeah, it's the same day, whenever it is that Lydia, the child psychologist, question mark, or social worker, yeah, question mark, not totally sure. Um, she comes by to observe the two of them interact. Um, mm-hmm. And then similar to what happened with Katie, Lydia's like, well, why don't you play with these toys over here and Katie's like, those aren't toys. Those are Gemma's collectibles. Um, and Lydia looks, I I will say this. I don't like Gemma, but I also don't like Lydia because she was very judgy. Sorry. Yes, she was. Yes, she was. She was was very judgy for, okay. So social worker, psychologist, not really quite sure. Social worker would make a little more sense because I feel like they maybe would be more judgy. A psychologist might sure. maybe would. Who knows? But, yeah, she was like, listen, we were, we were just being hard on Gemma, too. But, like, this is a rough situation. And, right. like, people deal with things in all different types of ways. Um yeah, I didn't like Lydia either, is my point. <laughs> yeah, because she, because first of all, Lydia acts like she's never even heard the concept of a collection or a collectible. And I'm like, <laughs> that's impossible. <laughs> like, you know what a collection is. Maybe you're not as aware of the notion of collectibles when it comes to toys specifically right. and how they can't be opened and all this right. stuff. Maybe you've not run across that. But, like, surely you also understand the concept of, like, this is a treasured item that isn't meant for children. Yeah, of um, course. And, and every household has those items. Like, absolutely. And, like, the, I don't think her, I don't think the collectible, the collectible issue is her biggest issue. 
Like, she is... She there's other problems in terms of her being able to connect with this child. The fact that she doesn't right. want her playing with like her collectibles because she has lived in a house without a child forever. I don't think that's her biggest issue, or I don't think that's the issue that's gonna keep her, Katie from yeah, you know, happiness yeah. or whatever. Yeah, and I'm like, it is maybe a bit weird that they've been together, the two of them, in this house for let's say anywhere between two and seven days. And they've not even opened up the box of Katie's stuff that probably has her toys in it. Like That is weird. Or or maybe have they not... I can't remember. There is a scene where it shows Gemma, like, kind of packing up Katie's stuff. And I'm not sure when that happens now. But, like, mm. I'm like, why, why if... Either way, irrespective of anything. Like, she's been there for a long time. Why haven't you gone out? And gotten a toy or a video or a something. Like, that seems weird. That is true. Because, like, not to liken children to animals, but, like, if you got a new puppy or, like, you someone gave you their dog and you didn't have anything for the dog. That's the better thing. Like, say someone that, like, say a family member again is like, oh, I'm moving out of the country. Um... Or whatever, like sudden issue can like, or maybe even I've got this other family emergency. Can you like take care of my dog? And it's got to be in your house for the next four days or whatever. Mm-hmm. You would, you'd go out and buy like f- some food and some stuff to make it be like their old house. Even yeah, like, and they have, and so far that hasn't happened here. And she's a full blown child, <laughs> right? Right. I'm like, and also like, not that it's, I mean, especially for somebody like Gemma, who seems to really struggle with even knowing emotions exist. Right. um, She's a toy designer. I feel like my first thing in that circumstance would be like, hey, would you like to? I have all these toys. I have a perpetual I've got toys. I've got toys at work. Do you want to like maybe come and go to the playroom and like we can pick out anything you want? Like she's yeah, she seems know, like, like she's she's super uptight about work and she seems like she does like I'm trying to figure her out, I guess, as we talk about this. But like she doesn't seem like she even equates her work and like toys with to children's children. joy. <laughs> yes, yeah, I like, agree like, with you. Yeah, yeah. No, I I thought this the first time I watched this. I I found myself thinking, especially when Bruce is introduced later, mm-hmm. I was like, this is a woman who actually liked robotics. Yeah. And coding and computer science and all this like kind of very serious high-end shit. Yeah. And and for whatever reason, she's ended up in this toy thing, which yeah. maybe wasn't what she really wanted to do. Like, we don't have that backstory. But yeah. she's ended up here. And so she's trying to bring her to- the toy thing up to that level of her own interest. Like, yeah. toys allow her to do that rather yeah. than being like, I'm actually moved by children inspiring joy inspiring creativity encouraging certain types of play like she doesn't seem like that she cares about that driving factor no. at all Mm-mm. and i will say based on these weird documentary things i saw most everyone even though they're adults who talk about things in adult ways and it's weird 
Most everyone in those documentaries who is in the toy industry does care about those things about this is for kids. This is about joy. This is about fun. This is about, you know, like as much as it's a business, they also care about those other things. Yeah. Um, and this woman, Gemma, doesn't. I, I, seem I think to it's care. an integral, integral. Wow, I can't say that word. I think it's an important part of <laughs> like being good at it. She is good at the technical side of it. But, right. But yeah, have the inspiration behind it, I think, is obviously misguided. Yeah, I mean, world. In a sense, she's much like the mad scientist trope that we see in a lot of these, which is like yeah. she wants to achieve these technical things and move kind of further and further up the line in terms of what toys can do. Yeah. And and toys is the way she's doing it, but she doesn't like that's immaterial. It's about yeah. like the achievement is more important. Yeah. Um so anyway, we see Gemma and Katie quote unquote interact with each other. At which point Lydia, after like this observation session is over, Lydia asks Gemma if she even really wants Katie there, um, <laughs> which seems like a, a fair, fair question. question. Um, but Gemma immediately is like, yes, this is when we learn that like it was in the will. There's these grandparents in Jacksonville, you know, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Um, then we see the next day. I mean, this was... I mean, oh, that's the other thing I wanted to say that ties into Lydia's judginess. Um, Because Lydia says something like, are you even capable of making like one or two adjustments? Can you do it to like allow for Katie to be here? And I was like, so parenting is just about one or two adjustments? I feel like my friends who are parents might say it's a bit more than that. No, no, (laughs) just one or two. It's just like (laughs) you just wake up in the morning, you do your normal day, and then like just once or twice during the day you have to be like, oh, right, I have a kid. And then <laughs> oh like, shit! Yeah, where is that? What kid happened? Again? <laughs> yeah, where did I leave them? Hmm. Oh god! <laughs> like, um, so the next day, in true Gemma fashion, she's like talking to Katie at breakfast, and she's like, "So I got like some stuff I gotta do today. Can you like just hold down the fort here?" And at first, <laughs> I was like, "Are you trying?" Like, I don't think she actually leaves the house. But at first, I was like, "Is she trying to say like, hey, nine-year-old girl, I'm gonna go to the office for the next eight to ten hours. Can you just like be fine in the house alone?" And and the truth is, is I do think that a nine-year-old, well, maybe it depends on the nine-year-old. I think that this is what I was just gonna say is like, I. I'll be honest here. Okay, if you give me your hypothetical kid that you don't have someday when you die, I will be honest and say one part about kids that I don't understand is how old they have to be to leave them alone. (laughs) Well, so I just looked this up because... Oh, my God, um, I love that you Googled that. (laughs) Yeah, Um, because some countries and states do have laws about... Yeah, like I don't think there. I don't think these existed when we were kids, and if they did, no one cared. Um, seems so dangerous. It seems very dangerous. Like, here, I mean, not you specifically, and like you know, our neighborhood. Like at the time, probably it would have been fine, but 
it is okay. So I think like the trajectory is nine is definitely questionable. Ten is like getting to be more where it's like, okay, I could see that. I think 11, 12, um, depending on the kid, is pretty reasonable. I mean, I was babysitting other younger children by the time I was 12 and like strangers. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So according to the internet, the consensus, well, first of all, I've learned that in Australia, there is no law saying how young the kid can be. Great. Babies alone. So, um, but... The consensus seems to be around 10 or 11 children can be left alone. Um, And this is interesting. According to the age, they, and so that's like a Victorian newspaper, um, kids between 10 and 12 can be left alone for up to 12 hours. Whoa, that's pretty long. But not between 10 p.m. and 6 a.m., so not overnight. Okay. Um, But still 12 hours is, like, a long day. (laughs) It's a long time, but, again, and a lot of this says it depends on the kid. Yeah. Yeah, and it does depend on the kid. But um, most, yeah, most of it says that also it's good for kids to start practicing being left at home alone and learning how to, like, you know, survive, navigate that time, (laughs) but that you build them, you know, that one, it depends on your kid. And then you start them with like shorter amounts of time and then, you know, whatever, which seems it. I mean, the world, the world is a lot scarier now. I will say that. And like, that sounds like a very old lady thing to say, but like, yeah. What is scarier about the world? There's less violence now than there was when we were kids. What? It's true. Look it up. No, I don't think I know. It's It's documented fact that violent crime has only ever gone down since the time that we were children. In every place, basically. Okay. I'm like murder rates. Murder rates. I feel like there's a lot more kidnapping. Maybe I just watched too much things. Maybe I watched too many things. Maybe I was just lucky I never got kidnapped. But like (laughs) (laughs) I just feel like it didn't seem unsafe. Maybe I'm just a more paranoid person. As an adult, I know more stuff. I didn't know as much as a kid, so it didn't seem scary. Yeah. Like, violent crime is way, way down in, like, all the different types of violent crime that there is, way, way down. And the only reason that other types of crime, particularly, like, domestic violence, rape, kidnap, et cetera, seem as though they're going up is because people are actually reporting them. Yeah. And and probably, yeah. Okay, that's fair. But, I, like, I wonder, like, you know, they talk about stranger danger and all of that. Like, I'm not trying to, uh, like. That's also mostly a myth. If you're kidnapped as a child, you're likely kidnapped by one of your parents. Right, I know. But I'm saying, I'm just trying to remember, like, what, what narratives we were told as kids. Because I'm not remembering being scared like that. I feel like if I had been told stuff like that, I would have been scared. And I'm not no, saying that. No, like, no. That, <clears throat> that's the whole thing is, like, the very idea that there was such a thing as a pedophile didn't even exist in my oh, life I know, well, I, as a well, child. I know that, like, we definitely weren't. And Mom definitely wasn't like, okay, so there are people that like to do this with children. Right. I know, I know right. that didn't happen. But, like, I'm trying to remember if she even was ever, like, don't and I'm not trying to like uh 
vilify her, but, like, I don't remember if, like, she was like, if we're home alone, don't answer the door. I just wouldn't have. I never would have. <laughs> um, or, like, yeah. don't no, I mean, I know that I was, don't, do I know that. that I was told specifically, like, um, stranger danger, weird stuff, by mom, things oh. like, if I, if, like, if someone comes to school and says that I've told, like, mm. if, like, I've told the school, like, they, this rando can pick mm. up Sarah. Um, like, she, she told was you like, that? never. Yeah, because she had read some book about Stranger <laughs> Danger. Well, also, the and school, I remember, should have, like, the school I, should have been on top of that, too. Like, you can't just let right. some random but person Right, But it was take a different, kids. that, that was a different time because it yeah. would have been that someone could have said, like, yeah. oh, you know, I'm a friend of so and so. That now that she super told strict me. about. I yes, know schools are correct. really intense yes. about that now. Yeah. Um, but so anyway, now we've learned that kids okay. semi like Katie's age could be left home alone. But it, that isn't actually what Gemma is saying. It, she's just like, I'm going to go into like my workshop my and office. kind of be in yeah. there, and you need to like just entertain yourself while yes. I do that. Um. So that is what happens. Later in the evening, Katie comes into the studio to show Gemma this picture that she drew. And when I wrote this in my handwritten notes, I was like, this picture is fucked up. Like, um, it's clear that it was like one single body with a bunch of different animal heads on it. And when you look at the picture, because like... This happens later, too. Like, Katie is asked to draw pretty regularly, and this is a thing. Like, when kids are dealing with trauma, they often like them to draw because it helps, like, the people who monitor those sorts of things feel like they can glean information from the images that the kid themselves might have trouble articulating. Yeah. Um, And I feel like I saw it. I was like, this picture is disturbing to look at. This is not, like... Yeah, I feel like when a child is drawing disturbing images, that's like a huge tell that they're not okay. But Gemma just looks at it and is like, oh, this is amazing. It's just like the kind of work that I do, (laughs) Um, which is like woof. Um, And so then this is when Katie learns about Bruce, which is Megan's previous college project. Um, And in this playtime or this kind of interaction with Katie, Gemma decides she's going to return to the Megan project rather than caring about the perpetual pets thing as she has been directed to do. And that, I mean, is questionable, but then she ropes her team in, which is really pretty shitty. Um, Then uh, they've worked some amount of time. The updated version of Megan is ready, and they want to show what she can do to their boss, David. So this is when we see Megan pair with Katie for the first time. Katie becomes Megan's primary user. Mm-hmm. And the two of them interact. And David is amazed by what happens. Um, and so after this little interaction, he's like, we need to start working on this immediately. And this is when he asks, like, how much is this relative to a Tesla and Gemma answers with, it depends on the model. And I'm like, 
wow. whoa, like, is this toy going to be $100,000? <laughs> like, I thought at one um, point, did they not say $10,000 at one point? Or do they say yes, more than that? Yes, in the end, in the end, she comes out to be $10,000. Um, Which still is ridiculous. <laughs> right. And I just looked now, and, like, the Tesla's... Tesla's going bottom rate is $57,000. So I'm like, it doesn't matter on the model of the Tesla. The Tesla is way more expensive than this. I was going to say, if there's a $10,000 Tesla, some people better get on that. I know. Like, you can't even buy a car for less than, like, 30 grand now, like, of any No, even, like, a Hyundai is at least 15,000. Yeah. (laughs) So um, then basically David is like, get this on the market as fast as soon as possible. Um, And we watch a montage where it's Gemma's voice talking about what Megan can do. Mm -hmm. Um, And this is where we learn that Megan's uh, inner structure is made out of titanium, which will be a callback for later. Um, And then... This statistic, I'm not sure if it's true, but Gemma says that 78% of a parent's time is basically saying the same instructions over and over again. Okay. Um, As mentioned which one I billion times, I don't, I'm not a parent. I don't, but I don't disbelieve that, but that seems high. I have a feeling a lot like, of parents would think that it's higher. And like... Especially at certain ages, right? Like when you're talking about a two-year-old, sure, ninety-eight sure. percent, yeah. sure. <laughs> a nine-year-old, I'm not so sure. Nine-year-old probably necessarily needs to be told the same thing over and over again. I would hope not. Um, but yeah, either that figure is shockingly high or it's shockingly low. I'm not <laughs> sure. Um. But most intriguingly, to wrap up this supposed commercial, so while this is happening, we see that Megan is precisely doing the things that Gemma might have done. Mm -hmm. Like, and that's the other thing is like, Gemma is complaining how much parenting she's had to do and she hasn't done any. So. Going from zero parenting to even just like the two tasks a day is an adjustment. I guess. But like, so she, like, so that's one of those things where I'm like, are you the right person to be spearheading this project? Because apparently you think that even the minutest effort expended on parenthood is a waste and a distraction from your work. So, like, I'm not sure that you're the right person to judge this. Because the end of the montage ends with Meg- uh, with Gemma saying, Megan can, like, do all this other shit so that, quote, you can do the things that matter. And I'm like, parenting your... Guess what, y'all parents? What you do most of the time is lame. Stupid. (laughs) Complete waste. Raising your own children turns out, newsflash, waste of of time. time. (laughs) Uh, You should be working harder. You should be, like, out, like, and especially, like, because that montage concludes with this things that matter, and it just shows Gemma sitting in front of her laptop, and I'm (laughs) on the couch. And I'm like... That's Let's assume me. she's even working. Yeah, like, that's me. That's this like, is the thing that mer- that matters more than okay. this child you're supposed to be raising. If that montage was me as like a parent, it would be me sitting on the couch sleeping, <laughs> like doing the things that yeah, matter. I know. <laughs> yeah, I could. And that's the thing is like throwing I chips it in my mouth. Like, <laughs> right. Exactly. Like I pictured it as like 
if it were a different, like if it were the commercial itself, it'd be like a pair of like a partnership sitting down to like click on Netflix and be like, yeah, this is more important. Yeah, that totally. This that, my that doll, let, that, let that doll raise our child. <laughs> Screw this. <laughs> um, we'd return to the office where Tess, again, the only person who seems to have any emotional intelligence in this movie, set, asks Gemma if maybe she's concerned about how they're pitching Megan, about the use of Megan in her own home, um, that, in fact, Megan is replacing parents entirely. Um, and Gemma is like, I don't see your point. <laughs> She's quite bullheaded. Will this experiment of having a doll raise your child go well, or will it end catastrophically? Find out next week when we continue our conversation on Megan. Thanks for listening. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of See You Next Week in Space. This is a production by Amy and Sarah Walsh with artwork provided by Riley Brown. If you'd like to learn more about our show, please check us out at seeyounextweekinspace.com or follow us on Instagram at seeyounextweekinspace. Until the next one.